0: Into another edition of Sportball. I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are Seth and Kyle. Boys, it's a new day. It's a new country. How are we feeling? Same country. It's
1: a, it's a new country? Where are we? <laughs> I thought Americans weren't allowed in other countries right now.
0: That's true. We're not. And well deserved, I would say.
1: Certainly. Um, yeah. I think uh, it's been quite the last few weeks. A lot of emotions. Um, all of which are valid for me personally um, feeling a lot of relief and I'm feeling like I have very low standards Uh, but at least my hope is that we'll at least be in a situation that isn't actively terrible. It is at least like neutral and allows us to as a country do some healing as people, uh, have a little bit less anxiety and maybe, like, get back to a plateau from which we can move forward with actual positive change in the future, so. And for those that's for i feeling right now.
2: Seth is referring to his loss in fantasy this past week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We <laughs> uh, yeah, are, of course, referring to the election that just happened, which we almost recorded last week, actually, but the election was still up in the air, and we decided... We just weren't in a good mental place to do that. Also, I was cooking dinner, so I was feeling great. <laughs> Kyle, yeah, Kyle was riding right the high of the stress and chaos. He thrives on you enjoyed the. Spectrum. I the multi the multi-day,
2: <laughs> the multi-day um, sweat of just watching, like just a couple tens of thousands of ballad reports come in every hour for about four days. I was thriving.
0: I basically got my news from Kyle essentially is what happened.
2: He would break yeah, it. Me I mean, first. I don't know what you guys would do without someone that's addicted to, um, uh, that thrill. Social first media, of all. Too, <laughs> yeah, social media.
0: The, chasing the high. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is. Um, I feel very relieved. I almost feel more relieved than joyful. I feel like, you know, just like we made it through the four years. Um, There is some semblance of hope almost. There's some semblance of hope for the future Um, and hopefully we can go from there. It was closer than I would have liked um, which just made me lose more faith in our country than I already had. But I don't Um, think it's really going to be that close once all the ballots
2: are finally counted because not technically all the states have still been called but I think there's what three more states that Joe's expected to be called for but they just yeah i'm just don't thinking back really to matter about calling him so he's gonna end up with like
0: 300 or so electoral votes yeah maybe it was just the mail-in ballot ballots and the early voting that money did because of the covid pandemic that made it seem closer than it was i was just thinking back to you know 2016 yeah. when we knew the night of it was it was clear that that trump was winning and that that wasn't the case here is a long drawn out battle so
1: and even if it's not that close there's still 70 million people who voted for trump so a lot of people discouraging regardless you know but most votes that that wasn't really a president yeah that's
0: what second
2: hang his hand hang his hat on like yeah this was literally a huge voter turnout historic voter turnout the most ever And I don't think he should really be – he's still lost. I don't think you should celebrate that you had the most incumbent vote or votes for an incumbent president. Well, well, he'll he'll
0: celebrate anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm relieved yet because I'm not really going to be relieved until, you know,
0: January – what is it? The 20th? 21st? 20th?
1: I was going to say 21st, but I really don't know.
0: I won't be relieved until I watch the live stream of them – pulling him out of the white house kicking and screaming for all to see
1: i just don't know
2: what type of shenanigans he's gonna pull i mean obviously he's already like yeah they're not signing the uh, not ascertaining biden still and it's like just get over the shtick at this point man yeah you've been you backs against the wall your whole career whenever you do something shitty what do you do call lawyers never win so now you're just going to delay for the next three months the the transition, the, what should be a easy and peaceful transition to the next president of the United States. But God forbid the orange man didn't win.
0: I just, I just like, I am enjoying sitting here knowing that I don't have to care about anything he says because he's going to be gone and I can just laugh at how, inept incompetent, and, and narcissistic he is
2: i mean they had a press conference at a at a what was it a, a, a company. landscaping company the four <laughs> oh. seasons landscaping
1: company they thought so it was good.
2: a hotel what was oh, it in
1: between oh, like, like a a sex between like adult sex store and something else
0: i believe it was an yeah. adult bookstore and a yeah. crematorium so yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's how fascism dies between a crematorium and a dildo shop. So what
2: else would you expect? See. And what is my And he fired up someone from his uh staff on Twitter today, so he did, yes.
1: He's <laughs> firing all sorts of people. Anyways, um this is a political podcast, right? Always. Oh, <laughs> yeah, second. so
0: this is of course a sports podcast, but I think we did get off the rails there a little bit, but I just the top mind to kind of uh, show everyone and share with everyone how we felt and um, no, just kind important. of reset the election. Next. And yeah. um, I'm sure we've lost any Trump listeners that we had. So you can all go fuck Good. off if you voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, kind of exciting news for this podcast. Let's um, flip over to that for everyone. everyone so exciting. Pay Before attention. we announce- Kyle yeah, just cracked open foot. a cold one. You might say. So we are now going to be dropping episodes every other Thursday starting this week. So everyone look forward to episodes in your, um, in your feed on Thursdays, just in time for, you know, your Thursday commute home or your Friday morning commute to really get you going or get you settled down either way. <laughs> and <laughs> we also, very exciting, now have a Twitter and an Instagram. So please go follow us there. Uh, both of them are at sportball underscore pod. You'll find us there and we'll just, what do we post? I don't know. I'm bad at social media, but we'll post uh, exciting things. I'm sure once Kyle gets his influence in on it, he's the social yeah. media king.
2: Yeah. I might have to bring my meme game. It's been on fire. Oh.
0: You wouldn't there. I mean, your one Dusted meme off. went viral.
2: <laughs> yeah. My one. Uh... The, the one meme that I've ever posted on social media
0: yeah yeah exactly but I'm, i got, I'm betting a thousand right now so sport ball only one way to go that's right so um, that's exciting for us um and today on our first Thursday edition we'll be talking a little NBA and a little NFL because you know what we're we're flexible we're we have a breadth of knowledge I would say we're
1: dual threat
0: yeah and they both have balls so sports you know. Um, why don't we start with the NBA offseason, shall we, guys? Because we haven't really talked about it since the last podcast we recorded was during the finals. And oops, looks like the draft's in you know nine days, so it's a, <laughs> it a real quick turnaround for us. Um, so the draft is in is next week. <laughs> next week, a week and a half.
1: It, it's weird, it's you know. There's all these negotiations between the NBA and the players, and the quick turnaround. No, no one consulted us about the quick turnaround for the podcast. I'm, yeah. How can we be prepared? We Nine have to get used to it. <laughs> it's going to be
2: so nice, though, as long, if like NBA switches to this schedule permanently. Not obviously the schedule, as far as how deep into the year the end of the season goes, but once yeah. I'm just hoping they stick to like that December time to start the season, because then we kind of have just like. We have a season for baseball, which transitions directly into football, which transitions directly into the start of basketball. And it's not like these
1: overlapping sports seasons anymore. I just get to focus on outrageous. one thing at a time. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to go back to the old schedule once they can. But
0: Maybe they will shorten the games for forever and add a postseason. Because this year they're going to be doing 72 games, right? And, right. or is it 70? I don't remember, 72 or 70. It's definitely less than they usually do. I'll 72, up, I think. And there will be, I think there were talks of a play-in tournament at the end of the year for the, the um, eight through 10 seeds. So we'll see how that materializes. But I could see those things staying uh, in the future, especially with the success of the play-in for the bubble, when the bubble suns nearly gripped the nation by the heart. Um, but. So yeah, what's gonna happen is we have the draft next week. There's gonna be the moratorium on trade is gonna end. So we're gonna have some trade soon. That's gonna be very exciting. But I wanted to kick it off talking about the draft. Um, And there's a lot going on in this draft guys. If if people aren't already aware, there's not a clear number one in this draft. Um, Many would call this a very weak draft. You know, you can find maybe some gems later on, some good role players, but top level sure thing, star talent is hard to find in this draft. So I wanted to kind of start off by talking about the top picks in this draft that we think are going to land in that top three. I heard – I'm hearing some buzz that LaMelo Ball may we'll actually end up being may, – may end up actually being the number one. Some are saying he might fall. Um, Kyle, what have you heard on that, and what do you think of LaMelo as a prospect?
2: Uh when I think of LaMelo as a prospect, I definitively think of the one high school game where he scored, like, 70-something points, I think it was, where he completely cherry-picked the entire game, and I don't even think touched the backcourt once. <laughs> he just stood underneath his basket for the most part, or took a outrageously deep three-pointer. Um,
0: Sounds like me in pickup games, honestly.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> You don't I mean, make layoffs. Right. But. He's... Um,
2: just think of like... Um, God, Jesus Christ, it's happening again. Who the <laughs> hell is his brother that's in the NBA? Bonzo. Lonzo
0: Ball? You couldn't think of his own brother? <laughs> I,
2: I was going to say, think of his brother, but obviously there's two, and I couldn't right. think of Lonzo. So, yeah. think of like Lonzo but much more confident but also a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. And that's essentially what LaMelo Ball is.
0: It's kind of a tantalizing thing with him because he has a sort of genius playmaking that you really don't see that often, right? It's not something you can teach. And no, it's like, of- I
2: was it's like it's like he plays on the Harlem Globetrotters kind of when yeah. he's
0: like it's Yeah. Yeah, but and, – and that's the thing. Like, he kind of did play in the Harlem Globetrotters. He was overseas, and, and he didn't have – they were kind of just, like, do whatever you want, you know, and he didn't have really any discipline or winning mentality that teams are going to be looking for. And the shot isn't great. Um, the defensive effort isn't great. Could those things change in the right situation? Maybe. Seth, what do you think? Would you – do you think he's worth a number one pick? What do you think of him as a as a prospect?
1: Well, to be clear, I've never watched him play – a minute, um, so uh, just be honest about
0: that. So let's go back to Kyle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I have talked, I have listened to other podcasts discussing him. From what I can tell, I'm out on <laughs> on ball. Um, I I'm not. I mean, people say the same thing about this genius playmaking with Lonzo, and like, yeah, he makes some cool passes, but. I don't know, He's really disappointing, I feel like, for uh, the Pelicans last year, especially in the bubble, and this whole, like, waving off teammates, pulling up from three, from, like, ten feet behind the three-point line. I don't know. I'm just not really interested in investing a top draft pick on someone who does that. Um, so I'd much rather have someone who's got a little bit more freak athletic ability and i don't know i guess i guess if i'm if i'm investing in money for playmaking i want that person to also have good decision making so it doesn't seem like he really has that and
0: leadership skills too you know which you may not necessarily have yet i mean
1: you never know obviously how careers progress and the whole point of the draft is to try to guess so i'm just not confident enough that he'll progress into that type of player that i would want on my team so i wouldn't spend a top draft pick on him obviously eventually it would get to the point where the the risk is less than the reward but yeah i wouldn't be pulling the trigger on him if i was one of the top three picks
2: See, it's like the problem in this draft, though, is there's really no clear-cut number one guy. There's no Zion. There's no um, Ja. So it's like you can go any way, but I think really the appeal of Lamello is just the upside he possesses. Because, yeah, he's... Yeah, I did just shit on him, but he he's... He's got a really nice floater I mean he's he can finish both ways around the rim he has like his passing is top notch but his playmaking is kind of like he doesn't make great decisions he's still really young so I mean it's understandable yeah. but like I don't know anything about the the other players in the league that he was playing in but I mean he's still right. he he averaged 17 eight and seven overseas this year and if you extrapolate that to per 36 he's at 20 points nine rebounds and eight assists obviously changing competition levels of course but you know he's just he he's someone that I think could be taught and needs to be taught so that's another thing it's like if you're in obviously if you're the first pick you probably not in win-now mode, anyways, but yeah, he, he's more of a. Um, you draft him, and you need to work with him for at least the next two to three years before I think he really could reach any type of peak.
0: I would just worry that, and that's the thing, Kyle. When you're saying you're not drafting him with now mode, like that's a Timberwolves pick, and like just putting someone with that kind of mindset next to D'Angelo and Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. who just have not been proven winners or good defenders at all. I just hate that fit for them. Um,
2: Yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves just have a –
1: That would be a disaster. On their own, but –
0: So, another player they could look at who many have going to top three is Anthony Edwards. Um, From what I've seen, apparently he blew away the P3 testers on his athleticism. They've never seen numbers like it, they said. They said, call the entire test. We're never doing this again. He – I just to me he's like from what I've from the highlights I've seen and from what people have said from him said about him it's like is this man the next Andrew Wiggins freak athlete right very good scorer questions about him drifting in and out only brings it on some nights maybe not dialed in it's just kind of like LaMelo just not not the kind of um profile that I would be looking for in a player I'm drafting
1: That'd be pretty hilarious and shitty if the Timberwolves draft Wiggins.
0: Yeah,
1: he's ass for seven years. They finally get rid of him, and then they draft him again.
0: <laughs> I mean, who knows? In the right situation, you know. Yeah, but maybe if it's
1: to the Timberwolves, it won't be the right situation. That's not the right so. <laughs> situation.
0: Yeah, Kyle, talk me, talk me into Anthony Edwards.
2: So I think really the only, the biggest doubt. Um, downfalls of him coming into the the draft is really that he needs to be around or have someone on the team that is a primary playmaker like he's not a guy that should have the ball in his hands coming up the court and everything he needs other players to essentially uh he needs to create his own shot off the ball and then just be fed the ball because he's a good scorer he does he's he finishes very well at the rim, not afraid to like initiate contact or anything like that. Um, and in transition, he he's just like one of those. Doesn't matter if he's you know one on one in transition, one on two. He just has a way to to finish. Um, the problem is though also his his defense. He's not the best defensively. He's not very fundamental. Um, you know, But playmaker or not playmaking, but his scoring ability really, I think, is obviously his biggest uh, – his biggest um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Here it goes again. Attribute? Uh, thank you. You're killing it today. Read my mind. You're welcome. Yeah, it's definitely his biggest attribute. So, like, if he were to go uh, be drafted by Minnesota, I think that could be interesting when you have – Um, you know, him playing shooting guard, you got cat in the post who can also, you know, he's not terrible working out of the post to where he can pass to Edwards out on the perimeter. Well, you know, when defenders, uh,
0: yeah, it does seem like a better fit for the Timberwolves, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: Right. But again, there, if he goes there, their defense still going to be shit. So really, I don't know how much they could do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Seth, uh, you're out. (laughs) Hi, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I know you are. Well, um, just to be
1: clear, I haven't watched him play, but uh...
0: <laughs> but I am, in fact, out. So far, in top two picks in the draft. Seth, our correspondent that doesn't watch any college basketball or tape, is out, flat out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I
1: wouldn't. I'm not as out on Lamelo. I think I would just go. Um, well, I think there's the option to trade down. Yeah. Right because there is no number one so if you could trade down if someone really wants someone and you can get good value for it i would do that otherwise i'd probably take wiseman from what i hear so that's um, the next
0: player i was going to talk about i'm glad you brought him yeah. up seth it's like you're in you're my welcome. mind while i'm in kyle's mind um where's Kyle's man. mind then <laughs> <laughs> big man um and look you know we've said even on this podcast in the past big men don't matter like running backs but some, you know, if you have an elite one, they do, especially when you have to run through Jokic and Anthony Davis to win the championship these days. Um, and I think he has a pretty high, high floor even as a, as a role player in the, in the pick and roll, diving to the basket, um, and has shown flashes of much more. So Kyle, what do you think of Wiseman as a prospect?
2: Yeah, he's extremely interesting because he is just like an insane freak athlete like Zion like freak athlete but um, he doesn't really have much of a mid-range or outside shot so you so he's got like the athleticism of Zion but he's really only good at scoring in the paint or around the rim so that's kind of you know a hindrance to him but and kind of goes to your point of saying you know how we don't really think centers matter essentially. So like if you have a center that can't create his own shot or can't, uh, can't shoot from outside, you know, it really, really hinders your, your team, in my opinion, just because that's the way that I view basketball should be played. Yeah, We all know, but um, he has, an outrageous amount of upside at the same time. Like those obviously are things that could be taught. Like, I, I feel like yeah. one of the easiest things probably to, to teach would be to shoot a jump shot. Then again, I say that and Ben Simmons still hasn't learned one or anything like that, but I feel like understanding the game and knowing where to be is a lot harder thing to teach than just teaching someone the correct form to just yeah. shoot a ball with, so I, he has those other other right v- other
0: attributes. Yeah.
1: So um, to be clear, I haven't watched him play, but he only <laughs> played like two games in college because he got no fun. one watched
0: him play really. Yeah,
2: not
1: fine. Got... I feel like the question nowadays with with big men is like, who can be the next Bam?
0: There's another I, name in the draft that could be on defense, I hear. Uh Okonwu, am I saying that right, Oconway. Kyle? Okongwei. Uh Onyaku? Okonwu, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Oconway, um, yeah, his last but, name. Yeah, he yeah. he is more switchable on defense than Wiseman, from what I've heard. Um yeah.
1: so probably I doesn't have the that, offensive like, ceiling
0: that Bam does though, you know.
1: Right. So it's per big men, I think of like, okay. It's unrealistic to say who's the next Anthony Davis or the next Jokic. Like, not likely to happen anytime soon. But what are the skills that Bam has? Right, really good athletic abilities. A shot blocker, but he also has the lateral quickness to guard smaller players. And they are able to kind of run the offense through him. He can play point guard. a like a few possessions a game bring up the ball and fast breaks I mean Bam's a playmaker right so I think part of it is creating the system where that's how you use your big man and teaching the skills for your big man to be doing those things right so
0: it's hard though it's hard to find another Bam He's he's very unique you know
1: he's a unicorn right and, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I said when, like, my dad was talking about, well, like, the Celtics need one of those modern bigs. It was like, all right, well, there's, like, three in the league. So, <laughs> good
2: luck. Right. Um, I'll tell you, James Wiseman is not one of them. Will not be.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So, it's probably more likely he's, like, Clint Capella and whatever. Um but I think that whole discussion is partially on the player's tools and partially on the way that they're developed and the scheme that the team runs.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: So the thing with Wiseman, I
2: keep hearing a lot. I mean, I keep hearing a lot about how good of a fit he would be and that the, the Warriors are highly considering him. And it makes a lot of sense for a team like the Warriors who shouldn't even have this high of a draft pick, but due to the circumstances of injury that catered to their uh, their season last year and in really the best season that that could have happened in, now yeah. they have the ability – like their team that whoever they draft really should be a type of player that could help them immediately. I'm and- glad
0: you brought up the Warriors because this is like – this is an opportunity that doesn't come up that often, right? I mean, we right. had it, it hasn't often, come up since, you know, like the Pistons with with um with Darko, Darko. or the Spurs when they with they Tim tanked Duncan. when they ready had um Robinson, Robinson or yeah. the Celtics with Len Bias and he fucking died. Like this is this is doesn't come along that often where you can actually capitalize on this and this is
1: Lakers and James Worthy. Yeah. Huge
0: opportunity to keep their dynasty going. So continue. I just wanted to Put that yeah, perspective no. for everyone, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And while I don't think like drafting Wiseman would be, he wouldn't obviously be the heir apparent to taking over the team once you know Steph or Clay are kind of on their the back end of their career. But he is the type of player that, for what their system kind of wants, when you already have Steph and Clay basically taking every single outside shot and you kind of just rely on you know defenders inside essentially like draymond could be your playmaking big and if you have someone like wiseman who loves to try to to block a shot or isn't afraid to um you know to take the risk of trying you know of possibly missing and, and just giving you know he's just one of those right. players that for the Warriors for what their system kind of is or has been he's like a, a much better scoring version of maybe Kavon Looney which I mm-hmm. think and Kavan Looney worked well mm-hmm. but just think of a much better Kavan Looney and that's yeah. kind of what you get with a rookie
0: player yeah. yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad um I want to talk more about the Warriors because honestly what they do with this draft pick because there's no there because there's no, you know, number one consensus what they do with this what their draft pick is probably going to have the biggest ramifications of anything in this draft as far as the championships for the next 5 to 10 years in the NBA. So, you know, there's been a lot of trades floating around for them. Could they trade down and get a star right now? or a veteran asset to help them win the championship this year. I haven't really loved any of the trades I've heard. Um, Seth, what do you think about, about what they should do with the pick or what have you, have you seen any trades that you like for that pick?
1: I think um, I haven't seen any trades that I like Uh, for them. I think they should only do a trade if they get something good, if they get like a, Either as we all really should, if in- we're
0: doing a trade, <laughs>
1: hear me out.
2: They make only a trade. do a trade if it helps you. <laughs> they make a trade for only one player that contributes to their team for the first half of the season. Come all star break, they get another player from the team they made the initial trade with
0: to help them down the stretch.
2: <laughs> Never before seen or done.
0: Should we tell the listeners what that little inside Highly joke ethical, was? First of all, all of our listeners How,
1: are in on that inside joke. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> our only listeners are people that play on the Basically, I'll week. just
0: say it in f- five seconds. Me and Seth made a trade in fantasy that was set to go over the course of two weeks, and everyone thought it was unethical, and we still did it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we voted. There was a conniption. You got away with it.
0: Yeah um know, but
2: did you
1: win both weeks no i, I lost both no, weeks i think we lost both.
0: <laughs> i think i won one of them i think <laughs> we both went one and one yeah anyway so what uh, what if any trades have you seen that you like seth because there aren't certainly a lot of stars available out there
1: yeah i've just heard people talking about like sacramento and i don't know nothing like that really pre my interest. um I think keeping it is definitely reasonable like Kyle outlined I think Wiseman would be a good fit for them and I think really any like young player who has talent and athleticism like that like it's a great place to go at Golden State it's a free-flowing offense you have a chance to showcase your skills but you're on a winning team it's a a good structure where you're not going to get into any shenanigans. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do. I think that's probably the most interesting storyline in the draft for me. And I've already told this to Sam, but just so I have it on the record, I'm calling it now. NBA finals 2021 golden state warriors, Boston Celtics lock it in.
0: I mean we knew what you were gonna say. It's like if you if we asked if you thought the Seahawks were gonna make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> and we all know I'm gonna say Lakers bowls, so <laughs> All I know is the Lakers
2: I've convinced myself are winning the next two championships.
0: I don't want to hear that. No, don't even do that to me. Before the season, you're all Lakers this. Before the bubble, Lakers that. As soon as they lose one game to Portland, you text me, the Lakers aren't winning this series. They're the worst team around LeBron I've ever seen. (laughs) Don't come crawling back to us, okay? But here's the thing.
2: I expect them to improve their team, obviously. And the main reason I think this is because how poetic would it be for LeBron – to three-peat to reach the same number of championships as Jordan. Probably poetic.
0: I guess, yeah. (laughs) That's really the
2: only reason I'm saying they're going to win the next two is so they three-peat and then we have probably the best that would end up being probably the best storyline in all of basketball ever.
0: Well, the bubble Suns is up there, but otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But before we before we hit that real hard, Kyle, any more prospects that are tantalizing to you that you'd like to talk about?
2: Um, I'm really interested. I'm not necessarily specific prospects. I think we should mention Killian Hayes from France. He has just some of the best playmaking ability out of anyone in this draft. He's great at the rim, really good ball handler. He's not great with, like, catch and shoot stuff, but he, he's active off the ball, too. Like, he's someone that also is kind of in that tier of should be able to contribute right
0: away. Killian Can I Hayes. tell you?
2: I like him. Go ahead.
0: Can I tell you who I want for the Bulls? And then Seth, you can tell us who you want for the Celtics because that's all our listeners want to know.
2: I already know who you're going to say. This Halliburton fellow. Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> has been described exactly. to me as a,
0: as a better Lonzo ball. So I'm 100% in. I mean, what we need next to Kobe, who only scores, doesn't playmake, and can't defend, is someone who can defend, have some off-ball playmaking, and doesn't need to score so i'm 100 so
2: my favorite comp or comparison of, for tyrese halliburton that i've heard that i think makes the most sense after watching him uh watching him play i probably only watched like 10 of his games when he's been on iowa state but shea gilgis alexander that's who mm. he reminds me of and he would be that would be perfect for the bulls The only thing I worry about is there's talks of the bulls trying to trade up to the number one pick to get LaMelo ball completely unnecessary. Don't need it. We have Kobe. We have Zach. Why would we get rid of um, who's our center?
0: Wendell Carter Jr. Baby.
2: This has been rough for me today. And let me tell you, (laughs) but that's like who, who I've seen it's, the the Bulls' first-round pick, Wendell Carter Jr., and I think some random throw-in player to move up to the first pick. For Lamelo. that's what's being projected. No, give me Halliburton. We if speak for not, Bulls fans
0: everywhere. Uh, we don't want to thank you for your offer.
2: If it's not Halliburton, it's Isaac Okoro, and I don't think the Bulls should really be looking at any other two players.
0: Yeah, I would be fine with either of those two. Seth, uh, who do you want for the Celtics? you want that little Tyrell Terry little 6'3 guy that Bill Simmons loves?
1: So, I um, will take the liberty of uh, passing along my dad's judgment on this.
0: Did he send you his judgment on his attachable keyboard?
1: (laughs) His iPad Pro with attached keyboard. Um, So, it's the ultimate homer pick because not only are we big Boston Celtics fans, we're big Minnesota Gopher college basketball fans. And there's a fella by the name of Daniel Oturu, not to be confused with Okoro um, or Okongu, Okongwe. Okongu, my bad. I should really prepare for these. Um, Anyways, (coughs) Oturu is a 6'10", big man. Um, He averaged 20 and 10 last year for the Gophers. Uh, Got a little bit of outside shooting going. Didn't take a ton of threes, but he shot like 36%. Um, And believe it or not, I have watched him play one time in person. So uh, that's who my dad really, really wants. And apparently, according to Joel, he's seen some mock drafts with the Celtics taking him. So
0: we'll be looking out for that then. Uh, I really want to quickly, very quickly, and everyone take two breaths before they say anything. What is your favorite trade or free agency signing rumor you've seen? What piques your interest? We have we have some big men on the market, Tristan and Serge. We have Buddy Heald fighting with his coach. We have Rondo, maybe the Clippers. We have Drew Holiday on the trade block. Seth, why don't you tell us first, what, what are your thoughts on the NBA free agency and trades? What's your favorite transaction you see happening?
1: Um, I guess first, it's the question of who are the people who are most likely to move somewhere. Um, so I think Drew Holiday, uh, Chris Paul and Buddy Heald would be on my top list of interesting people who I think will actually move. I don't think Beale's going to go anywhere. Um, Kyle mentioned there was some rumors with Chris Paul to the Suns, which I think would be really exciting and interesting. And I'd love to continue to see, um, see Phoenix like improve and take it to the next level I love Devin Booker Sam and I were talking earlier about just like the shooting form that's just aesthetically pleasing and Devin Booker for me is like it just has a beautiful form um Buddy Hield, another player great shooting touch who I'd love to see on a contender um Lakers. Some, Honestly, he'd be great on the Lakers, so I'd hate that. But I don't know how
0: they'd make that work. But
1: um, and that, but like someone like Philly, if they if they can pull off some kind of like Horford for James Heels Harden trade,
0: no, give me James uh, Harden to Philly. I was gonna say, Kyle, just tell me why your favorite trade would be James Harden for Joel Embiid, straight up.
1: I don't know why the Rockets would say yes to that. <laughs> because it Darryl would reunite would my over, two loves of Daryl
2: Morey and uh and James Harden of course and we'd get That's a- not
1: an incentive for the Rockets though. <laughs> well,
2: if they can get any semblance of a draft pick within the next 5 years because I don't think they have any, I think they would do something.
0: <laughs> the Rockets are in a tough spot. They really They're screwed. Are.
2: That's why yeah. I want James out. There's no <laughs> chance Oh, for a championship, if he stays there,
0: you know what I'm getting kind of getting enticed by, and I can just feel myself falling into the trap. Is Blake Griffin going to a contender?
2: What the fuck would you ever mention Blake Griffin? What has he done? <laughs> he
0: just enticed jumped <laughs> over a way. Kia
2: eight years ago. Who gives? There a shit? have <laughs> been rumors, whispers that
0: his knee is looking very nice, and know, just imagine him next to Stephen Clay on the Warriors. That'd be horrendous.
2: I'd hate them even like more.
0: It. I think he has more to give. There, I said it.
2: Drew Holiday the Nuggets is my next favorite trade, though. I hope it happens. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense for everyone involved. Hmm. Um, all right. Oh, before sorry, second half of the podcast will be about the NFL, but before we do, I have actually a quick ad read if you would believe it. This Holy is shit. we are blowing up, guys. We have an ad read. Okay. So my good friend Davida, no one's
1: paying us for this but no <laughs> <laughs> but read she's anyway. reading an
0: ad for our podcast on her so you know it's just. You know. so my good friend Davida has a podcast called the quarter life happy hour which everyone should go check out wherever you listen to your podcast comes out every Wednesday so it can get you warmed up for this podcast you know on your Wednesday commute you listen to that and then on your Thursday commute you listen to us it's Ben describes me as being about life and dating in your 20s. So sounds like, Seth, you should probably be checking it out. Get some advice. I honestly should. <laughs> yeah. Need it. So check that out. Help her out. That would be great. We would appreciate it. And then we'd get good feedback back to us. And then maybe we'd have more ads to read. What would you actually get money for? Can you imagine? I mean, Bird Box was our most lucrative ad Right. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So NFL time, everyone. So everyone, get your brains over to the NFL oblong, oblong ball. Um, we're at the mid-season point. What do we know? Not a lot. Um, I wanted to start off because me and Kyle kind of talked about this the other day briefly. Who do we think the best team in the NFC is? Because I think it's pretty clear who the best team in the AFC is, or the first two. And Seth, you're not allowed to say the Seahawks. I'm banning you from saying that, so you had to pick another team. So I'll give you time to think, Kyle. Why don't you tell me who you think is the best team in the NFC? So, I want to start off before
2: I say this by telling the people I was flabbergasted before Sunday Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night when you told me you were ready to crown the Buccaneers the best team in the NFC.
0: I wouldn't say crown. I'm just saying so far. Is that really crazy?
2: See, that's the thing. That's, off the cuff, yes, I thought it was crazy. Mainly due to the fact that Tom Brady is our quarterback and he's not a good quarterback. And Mike Evans sucks. Never has Good him. defense, though. <laughs> good See, the defense.
0: thing is, Kyle doesn't equate winning to good. So just because Brady won six Super Bowls doesn't mean he's good.
1: Yeah, Correct. it's like Pete Carroll. <laughs> he's a Pete Carroll quarterback. <laughs> James Harden, on the other hand, never won anything. Greatest player. He's family. the
2: best player in the NBA, so I don't know. Exactly. Much like Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. See, the thing is, these are team sports, and to equate one man's greatness outside of what the team can achieve, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I know mean, if the I Rockets just Rockets a great team. This, That's why this, uh, it's not just Harden. Harden's great. The Rockets suck now.
0: Again, okay, we were talking I'm about Harden kidding. already. Please tell me who your favorite team in the NFC is.
2: So, if I had to choose best team in the NFC. Going with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm.
0: See, I feel like everyone's higher on them after they just lost to the Dolphins. Can you explain to me why that is?
2: <laughs> because people still think the Dolphins are like the scores of the NFL when that's absolutely not the case. Nobody we,
0: thinks that. They're they're a playoff team.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like still people still think, oh, it's the Dolphins. Oh, it's an easy win, just because of how Obviously,
0: if they were listening to this podcast, they would still they would not think that anymore.
2: Probably not. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like that is the the feeling of kind of the casual NFL watcher. They're like, oh, you lost the Dolphins. You must suck. But it's like over the last year and a half, Brian Flores is really and I mentioned it. I thought he was been doing one of the been one of the best coaches in the NFL, even though they weren't winning a ton last year. But They were primed coming into this past draft and this season to really improve their team. And they've probably been... They've definitely been the biggest turnaround team. And obviously, they're in the playoff race right now. They have the last wild card spot. But going back to the Cardinals, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins obviously has been huge. Also... Kyler Murray is on pace to only be sacked 20 times this year, opposed to the 40 something times he got sacked overall last year. He's just, it's just one of those instances, I think, where second, it's the second year leap that we see with a lot of, I think, quarterbacks, especially. Like, obviously, we saw Lamar Jackson, you know, the end of his first year looked okay looked good sometimes didn't look great no one expected his leap his second year And i kind of feel like after what people watched last year no one really expected kyler to jump up into this this tier of quarterbacks which i think is he's a top tier quarterback in the nfl
0: i think we a lot of people expected that i certainly did
1: i feel like everyone was <laughs> like who's the next lamar probably kyler yeah we'll see
2: but. Right, but that's after Lamar had his kind of meteoric rise. Like yeah. if no one said after Lamar's first season, who's the next Lamar? <laughs> right. So like that and the fact their defense is much better this year too. I you know there's you know, just... your point
0: about Kyler, Kyle too, not not to interrupt is like I've been thinking about this a lot over the season. It's like it's almost like if you can't run as a quarterback anymore, you're just like not a good quarterback or you're very limited in what you can do. You know, that's how much the NFL is changing. These guys like Kyler and Lamar are taking over the league. Josh Allen even can run, you know, very well. And it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, I see these quarterbacks who can't move like Foles and like even Breeze and Brady at this point,
2: it's a detriment If
0: if you get any pressure on them, their drives over, you know, it's a
2: complete not having any type of mobility is such a huge detriment to an offense like if you can't see someone coming and move your body to get out of the way that's just a waste of a play and a waste of yards you lose yard. like I think that's one of the things that obviously Kyler does maybe the best in the NFL like I feel like we've kind of seen some regression of Lamar Jackson this year maybe not necessarily in the rushing department but at least in in the passing department, I, I, I was reading some stuff earlier today. I don't know how much of that has to do with the scheme this year, but they're not throwing the ball nearly as much on first downs this year, talking to Baltimore Ravens, as they did last year. And that's just setting them up for, obviously, if you're running on first down, it's going to set up for second and third and long. And at that point, you know he's gonna essentially have to pass or he's gonna pass the majority of the time. And it's kind of just like the defense can kind of expect what you're gonna do if you limit yourself to specific play calling in specific situations and you keep setting yourself up in those same situations. It's just I don't know yeah. why what's happening in Baltimore that I mean they're still have a winning record, they still make the playoffs, but
0: but yeah, to your, to your point about the Cardinals' defense is looking better. Um, they add a lot of, excuse me, they add a lot of pieces around Kyler they didn't have last year. I don't know if I'm ready to to say they're the best team in the NFC. I think, they could with in the NFL. I think they're a solid playoff team. Um, I think in years to come, I will maybe call them the best team in the NFC. I'm not sure they're quite there yet, but I kind of see them as like a wild card team that. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the first round or made it to the conference um, championship. So, we'll see what happens. Um, well, that's kind of how I feel about everyone in the NFC. I mean, it's that's why we're having this discussion. It's kind of wide open, especially at the top. Seth, give me your non-Seahawks, <laughs> your non-Seahawks NFC team that you think is the best.
1: Well, really all the, the teams that are in contention for this crown have holes, right? So, you've got Couple teams who are good, but they've got old quarterbacks, and you're not maybe super confident, right? With New Orleans and Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. you've got um just mediocre quarterbacks in general. With like San Francisco, Garoppolo, Goff from the further Rams, um, you know all the great teams, Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> the Vikings are ass because of Kirk Cousins and he would be better served uh, being coached by a little league team, not even playing for a little league team. They <clears> should <throat> tell him how to play football. Anyways. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I kind of want to make like a sexy pick and say the LA, yeah. Um. And that they'll get back to their form from two years ago down the stretch. Ultimately, I I think I don't like to pick teams that have um, an elite quarterback, but of course we know that that always hasn't been the case with Super Bowl. You sure. know, teams that make the Super Bowl, right? Garoppolo, yeah. Matt Ryan, Nick Foles. The list goes on and on. Right. Um, so, I don't know. The two best quarterbacks in the NFC are Russell Wilson and and Rodgers. Um, so, I'm not allowed to say one of those two. One of those teams, and I hate the Packers, so I can't see them. So I'm really in a bind. So that's my way of saying it. I refuse to answer. <laughs>
0: Jesus, that was long. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought about. I mean, you could pick anyone from the NFC West, and I wouldn't look at you funny, which is kind of what we thought going into the year. And it's definitely borne out. 49ers have fallen back due to injuries, but before the injuries, I'm sure they would have been in this discussion. Um, and then those two teams from the NFC South, I mean, it may just be between the two teams we saw on uh, on Monday night. Was it Sunday night? Sunday night. And like I, like I told Kyle, going to the game, I thought Tampa Bay was the best team in the NFC, and the Saints hadn't impressed me once this year, despite their record. I mean, they really just had been impressive to me. And then they just stomped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I almost came into here saying the Saints were the best team in the NFC. But when the you have a quarterback. The Bucs can't farther
2: than two yards downfield.
0: I was going to say, when your quarterback's arm is made of linguini, I can't be picking you to <laughs> win the Super Bowl. So I almost want to still say the Bucs, and I think I will. Because Tom Brady's noodle arm is a little stiffer, it's like al dente, and they're first in DVOA in defense. Still, after getting trounced thirty-eight to three, you know their offense is thirteenth. But I'm sure we all agree that that offense still has a high ceiling with all their skill players. Brady is enough to keep the offense afloat, and I don't know. I I think they're still a very complete team. It seems to be the one team that can't beat as the Saints. So we'll see if that plays out in the playoffs, but. I still like them a lot. I'll
2: bet you a mug that the Cardinals go farther in the playoffs than the than the Tampa Bay does. That's
0: a deal. That's a Turn deal. Down. Our our wives slash fiancés are going to be very upset at us for that. Bet.
2: <laughs> Don't tell them I initiated it. That's all that can happen.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, let's pivot to the AFC, which is a little less wide open at the top. I think. I speak for all of us and you can correct me if I'm wrong that we that we think that the Chiefs and the Steelers are at the top of that that conference. Um the Steelers somewhat more surprising than the Chiefs. What are what are you guys' kind of thoughts on the Steelers 8 0 so far? A lot of people have been saying, ah, don't know if they're for real. I think they are. I think they could beat the Chiefs in the playoffs if it comes to that. Kyle, what do you think about the Steelers?
2: Sorry, I was finishing on um... Typing down the bet before I forgot.
0: Good call.
1: (laughs) I can jump in. Um, I think these are the two teams that, in the league, that don't have any glaring holes. Um, Both have good defenses. Both have good coaches. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger is one of those old-school quarterbacks who still has a lot left in the tank. Um you know the steelers have always find a way to get these playmaking wide receivers who can get open and are fast and obviously the chiefs have plenty of wide receiver depth as well um, yeah so they're they're complete teams um, i would still just bet on mahomes if if they're playing each other um, but i wouldn't be shocked Like, that's kind of how I'm feeling, almost like it was, not to this extent, but almost like it was with the Warriors a few years ago, where Mm -hmm. they win a championship, and I'm not going to bet against them until I see it. Now, the NFL is a lot different. It's um, a lot harder to, like, win championships and everything, but I still kind of have that, like... Respect for Mahomes, especially where I just don't really feel comfortable betting against him. I'm not going to be shocked if he loses, but uh, yeah.
0: Kyle, what do you think?
2: So, I think the Steelers are obviously a good football team. Yes, they're undefeated,
1: but, but you look at their as schedule. As know,
2: winning has very little to do with how good someone is this is correct if you look at their schedule they've really only played one good football team that's the tennessee titans where the titans almost came back and should have could have won the game other than a great that
0: for the Steelers to per- persevere there it must be said right
2: yeah other than that you have the giants the broncos and then the texans when they still had bill o'brien as a coach mm. the eagles some might consider the browns a real football team but baker mayfield's not a real quarterback so i don't agree
0: his arm didn't even it's like worse than pasta. What's worse than pasta?
2: Uncooked pasta.
0: Exactly. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and then Rittle. I guess the only other other good team they really played is the Ravens. And that was a, a four point game too. So I mean, yes, one score game, they won. Where have I seen this narrative before? Some place in the Northwest. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck that coach. So they're good but I'm not going to consider them a great football team. The rest of their schedule is, like, outrageously easy, too. They got the Bengals. They got the Jaguars. They got Washington. They got the Bengals again. Their toughest, their toughest game – they have two tough games left, possibly tough, Ravens and the Bills. Other than that, we
0: That's might be looking at a 16-0
2: season. We, and it's I
0: don't probably going to be, a like, great f- team. somewhere between 14-2 and 16-0. You look at those games, they're going to be favorite in every single one of them. And the toughest ones are Ravens and Bills. So, I mean, but if they're not a great team, Kyle, I mean, who is? You know, do the we just Chiefs. have one great team and it's the Chiefs? <laughs> but yes. I would put the Chiefs on a level, you know, above everyone else. I think they're the still. The thing is, it's
2: like, I don't know. What do we do with Big Ben now? He came out of last game, both knees injured and, and got COVID. All in the same day. I don't know. He doesn't
0: have COVID. He was just close to Vance. He already tested negative, actually. But he's probably not going to get to practice all week. Honestly, I kind of like the Bengals in the spot against them this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Big Ben not practicing all week. Joe Burrow looking for his division win. I mean, it could be a little saucy, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Like I said, I they're a good football team. But I'm not going to say that they're great or the best team in the league just because they're 8-0.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say they're best team in the league, but I think it's a stretch that people call them the pretenders. I think they're a solid team that could make it deep in the playoffs. They're not the Bears,
1: Um, I mean, for God's sake.
0: Speaking of the Bears, I just want to mention that the Vikings – Bring back Mitch. (laughs) The Vikings are favored in Chicago (laughs) on Monday by two and a half points, (laughs) and and they're three and five facing the five and four Bears. (laughs) What a fall from grace for the Bears, and I'm not even surprised we shouldn't be favored.
1: And the Vikings, like, literally made moves to try to lose games. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been undefeated since we traded
0: uh, in Gokwe. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't want to go too much into our own teams here, but we do on every podcast, so why not? It's just – it's unwatchable. I turned the game off this weekend. Couldn't watch. Bring back Mitch. I got to say, wouldn't be worse. (laughs) Couldn't be. Couldn't be. Couldn't be. So that's been tough. Um, anything else in the NFL you guys want to discuss? Anything that really piqued your interest over the first eight games of the season?
1: The Chargers. I think it's interesting um, to, to talk through, again, the running backs don't matter thing. Um, mm-hmm. With one, my terrible Vikings. The last two weeks, Dalvin Cook has just put them on his back and said,
0: "Dalvin matters for sure." I mean, there's a few running backs that definitely matter.
1: Right. Another one of those probably is Alvin. He Kamara. also broke
2: off a 70-plus yard run the other day when the defense had only 10 men on the field. <laughs> yeah,
0: that does make it easier. Run
2: plays. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say like Dalvin, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara are like the three, and Christian McCaffrey. I'd say those are the only running backs that I would pay big money. Saquon? I mean... Saquon's uh,
2: generational, but again, I don't think... I think what we've seen this year is no one should really get paid big money as a running back. Not a single one. I don't even care if they are Derrick Henry. I don't care if they're Christian McCaffrey, which I wouldn't have said last year. But now, Mike Davis hopped into Christian McCaffrey. It's all scheme. It's all coaching for running backs. As long as you can catch the ball and you're versatile you should you should play like we're seeing it in we're seeing it in Dallas too like Tony Pollard on his limited touches is outrageously outplaying Zeke this year but Zeke is getting 90% of the touches because he just got paid an outrageous amount of money Tony Pollard has more 20 plus yard runs this year on a third of the attempts that Zeke has.
0: Well, I wouldn't pay Zeke money for any running back. That was stupid when it happened.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, I, mean, I the not running back should be paid big money. <laughs> I think there's certain times
1: where the handcuff, you feel like, okay, they're a significantly worse player, and then they take over, and they do just as well. So it's like the only thing that matters is the offensive line. But Scheme, when but Cook yeah. was out, Alexander Madison – In that, in the first game when Cook got injured, he looked really good, and then in the game where he had the full workload the whole game, he didn't really do anything, and then Dalvin Cook punts back and scores four touchdowns, right? So, yeah, like you said, part of it game game
2: script script. scheme, offensive line. It as long as you're athletic and you don't fumble, that's all you need. I think that
0: a lot of times we see this backups So in limited work and they look great, but it's like, how great do they look with 25 touches a game? Usually not as good and not as efficient because not all those plays are going to get you six yards. So, I mean, and I also would be if I was the Vikings and I just let Dalvin cook walk, like, and he just was doing this on another team. I would be like, well, I really fucked up there. Alexander Madison isn't Dalvin De- cook, like as good as he may be like, there's just a few that I I would bite the bullet and, and pay. I mean, I don't know. I Dalvin Cook I might be, be the be MVP, MVP of the season if the Vikings <laughs> crawl into the wild card spot. Like, there's – with no. Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, I don't know.
2: No chance. It just doesn't make s- to. sense to pay – like, you put your team at such a disadvantage by putting so much money – into the one position that might honestly be the most injury prone with how much they touch a ball. And like, like you just saw, you, you know, McCaffrey goes down. Everyone's like, Oh my God, they're screwed. And then what the Panthers go on to win three games in a row with 26 year old backup perennial backup, Mike Davis. It's like, why put so much money into that when you can invest in your offensive line and invest in quarterback play? get good, solid receivers, and have a Jamoke off the street catch the ball or grab the ball from you in the backfield.
0: I mean, Christian came back last week and looked like like if Mike Davis was a 1,000 times better than he is. Like, he was immediately just way better. And they almost they beat the Chiefs. Right. Well, it's the so. Chiefs, which is the only great team in the NFL, according to you. <laughs> Vegas Raiders beat them. So...
2: I'm just saying anything could happen. Like when you have such small sample sizes in NFL, you have 16 games to extrapolate anything from you're only playing 16 games unless you make the playoffs. I don't find it uh, fruitful to invest a large lump sum of your allocated or the of your salary cap into the most replaceable position on the field.
1: Yeah, I think we both we both understand your argument and I don't totally disagree. Um but I think also I mean number 1 <laughs> the Vikings have shown us that we're perfectly capable, capable of investing large sums of money in other players who are terrible. So,
0: well it's also dumb to pay her cousins. So,
1: <laughs> exactly. So, it's like I think if you're a smart franchise, um, you can figure out the the salary cap even while paying a good running back. It doesn't have to, like, completely hamstring you. Or if you're a bad run organization, you're probably going to pay other players. Like, you're going to make more mistakes than just your running back.
0: A.k.a. the Cowboys, huh?
1: Right. So, like... Like, I don't know if we've seen many teams, maybe the Rams, honestly. If the Rams hadn't paid Todd Gurley, how could their could their team have, have gone over the hump? I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think I'm just not ready yet seeing some of the performances by some of the top running backs in the league. I'm just not ready yet to make the sweeping generalization that all of them are worthless um, or the same. But... I definitely agree with with Kyle's argument in general that it is a replaceable position. It is a risky investment because of the injuries, um, and it, in that way, maybe it is comparable to centers in the NBA. But
0: yeah, that's the it's biggest. Just... Yeah, that's the biggest thing is the injuries. Honestly, it's a good point. Like, it's like that position gets injured more than any other. You know, that's what kind of what makes it different than just looking at centers in the NBA. Yeah, but that being said, like. You know, we think that centers in the NBA don't deserve a lot of money, but I would still give Bam a max contract, you know. So if I think of Dalvin as the Bam, it kind of makes sense to me. Our boy. Any further thoughts, anyone?
2: <laughs> no, I was trying to look something up, but I can't find it now. But it was just going to further my point that even paying – Dalvin doesn't really help the team much because I'm 95% sure that the expected points added for every time Dalvin touches the ball still isn't more than when Kirk Cousins throws the ball. So
0: wow. That's <laughs> shocking to me because I would think anything is more <laughs> with more points than when <laughs> Kirk Cousins throws the ball. <laughs>
1: But well, I think, yeah, what you're getting at is like <clears throat> run, throw, passing plays are just more efficient plays than running plays. Um, yeah. We right. That so, why
2: invest so much money into the one player that has the most inefficient plays on the field?
1: <laughs> and Kyle doesn't believe that in the whole idea of like a balanced offense, so that in order to set up your passing attack, you need to have a good running game.
2: It's been statistically proven you don't have to have a good running game to set up good play-action plays.
0: Is there any phrase you hate more than establish the run, Kyle?
2: I almost bought an establish the run hat the other day.
0: <laughs> Just to own the
2: libs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, I think that'll wrap us up. I'm looking forward to, to my mug coming to me uh, late in the playoff season. And uh, don't forget, we'll be coming out every Thursday. Sorry, every other Thursday from now on. So don't look for it next Thursday. Look for it this Thursday and two Thursdays from now. Everyone keep that straight. I mark it in your calendars. And we are at Sportball.
1: When what? you say look for it this Thursday, and they're listening to this on a Thursday, what does that mean?
0: And look for us at at Sportball underscore pod on both Instagram and Twitter. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their week. Kyle, anything further you'd like to say about either rising again or anything of that nature
2: yeah uh, on the third day running backs died again